This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Let's have all the oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. This is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And, and this, this is, is the, the Art of, of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. All right, Uncle Brad. Hey. This is a fun one. I think that this, I think I picked this topic and now I'm wondering why. (laughs) But going through this one, I'm glad I did because it really helped me really dive into this topic. And this topic of this week is batched cocktails. In this episode, I took it to mean, well, Let's do punch. Now, punch is one of those things that I'll admit to you, I don't do a lot of punches. And the reason why I don't do a lot of punches is because it's a commitment. And there are, I don't know, a gazillion recipes for punch out there. Mm -hmm. And you pick a bad one and you've got an investment in that punch bowl. (laughs) So so I don't make a lot of punch. Uh, But I have made punch before. I for sure, made the punch that I'm about to tell you about and was like, okay, rock on. This is great. I gave it to other people. They're like, oh my God. So we're on to something here. But yes, this was probably the most frustrating episode I've prepared for. Yeah, I agree. And I am sorry because I picked it. But again- Way to go. Thanks. I I know. That's awesome. But like I said, I'm actually really glad that I did because I will tell you, I was going through a couple of different recipes and this leads me into what I'm making for today's episode. Because of my research of hating what I was doing, I was like, oh, this is so basic and boring. It's like, let me challenge myself. Uncle Brad, this was my first time clarifying a cocktail. That's awesome. I uh, clarified a cocktail myself a few times, and it's pretty cool. I'm looking at your cocktail right now, looking at it, knowing that it's clear. Spoiler alert: there's chartreuse in it, and it's clear. It's clear. That's amazing. God, it was so cool. So I'm excited to walk you through this cocktail because it's a classic cocktail that I batched, and then we're throwing milk in the mix. So a lot of things happening. (laughs) People are like, "What?" Yeah, no, but trust Trust me me on this one, it works. And I will say this is a TLC cocktail, but it's also a fun one. It's going to take some time. Um, There's a couple of steps 
but it's worth it. And if you want to do something that's like really cool, and I think, and I brought this up, Brad, to you before we even started this podcast, because there's a difference between batch and party punches. And so this is an elevated batched craft cocktail, or you can do a party punch. For me, this episode, mm-hmm. I wanted to do a batched craft cocktail that you can taste the freshness, the, I don't know, the quality of the ingredients you're using. I mean, we're using chartreuse. That isn't cheap. So yeah. no. I'm happy with Jeez, this one. no. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. you know what? Honestly, congratulations. Thank and you. this just proves my point that <laughs> you are a bit of a visionary when it comes to this stuff in putting flavors together and just kind of thinking through things because I know um, you were experimenting with clarified cocktails as well. So that's awesome. Like I'm really actually kind of proud (laughs) of what you've created and I can't wait to go make this one. So so that's awesome. All right. Should I get into what you're going to need for this one? Well, I don't know. Should we talk about what I'm even going to make? Yeah. What are you making? (laughs) Yeah, I'm know. so no, Uncle Brad. I'm so excited People to talk about this like, punch. You've no idea what you're making. I want to know what this chartreuse deal is about. All right, all right, all right. Maybe okay. we'll even have you go first. So, Oof, maybe it's because right. this is a strong one, and I've been sipping already. So, uh, yes, Uncle Brad, <laughs> what are you drinking? All right. all right, what am I drinking? So, I am drinking a punch, and so I know, like, I'm all about the classic cocktails. Here's the thing about cocktails and punch. Punch is what we drank before we drank cocktails. Cocktails are essentially single servings of punch. Mm-hmm. Back in the old days, we drank punch, we drank ale, we drank wine, we drank nogs, we drank, you know, wassail. Is it wassail? Wassailing? Oh. Wassail. Okay. Don't judge. Anyways, so we are drinking punch, and today's punch is actually great story behind it. This is America's oldest punch, sort of. And it's probably the America's most patriotic punch. It's the fish house punch. And it Ooh. is something our founding fathers enjoyed in great quantities. So, wow. folks, uh, one thing, Jules, before we get started, I have heard from a couple of people now who have been listening to our podcast. They uh, they said, hey, you didn't mention this alcohol in the, in the setup. And I'm going to apologize. I'm going to call on some alcohols here that I didn't tell you to go buy. But I'll also point to the fact that I said, you need to build your bar one drink at a time. I also said, all the alcohols I mentioned are alcohols you will use. Both statements are true. In this case, we're adding some additional ones into the mix. So cut me a little slack, folks, okay? (laughs) Rant over. Buy the booze based (laughs) on the cocktail recipe we talk about that you like. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Can I go? Is it my turn? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yes, let me go ahead, Jules. Okay, Everyone who's listening, I can't tell you how happy I am with this cocktail because I've been trying to clarify for a while. I've just put it off because I've heard it's a process. I've finally done it, and I can't wait to share this with Mm -hmm. you. Here's what you're going to need. Like a last word, you're going to need, which I think I said I batched the last word. If I didn't say that before, this is the last word cocktail, which is my personal favorite cocktail that's batched and clarified. So Mm -hmm. you'll need green chartreuse. You'll need gin. You'll need maraschino liqueur. You'll need fresh squeezed lime juice. And that's it for ingredients. So tools, and I guess you'll need, excuse me, I'm so excited. You're going to need milk. I recommend whole milk or 2% milk here, but dairy is also an ingredient you're going to need. Now, from here, you're going to need a citrus squeezer because we want fresh squeezed limes. You're going to need your jigger, 
I used a glass jar uh, for this. I have the Weck jars that are tall. Um, this serves four, so it fit perfectly. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to need strainer, coffee filters, or paper towels. And then you're going to need to serve this glass in a rocks glass, clear ice. And you'll also want a bar spoon. And that should be everything you need for this cocktail. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, if you're going to make my cocktail... Because, Jules, you, I think, eclipsed the show today. But sorry. You know, you're going to hear the story, and you're going to be like, I got to try this cocktail. Yeah. Sorry. Or, or, I'm, I'm sorry. So and I decided the cocktail is a punch. Jeez, Louise. Back it up, buddy. All right, here we Oof. go. You're going to want some Jamaican amber rum. And mm. Plantation, again, one of my favorite, favorite distilleries. They make a fantastic Jamaican-style rum in That's a pot still. So go, go get some Jamaican amber rum. You're going to want cognac. You're going to want peach brandy. And if you don't have access to actual real peach brandy, which is brandy made with peaches, mm -hmm. um, all brandy, people yeah. think it's grapes. You, it's This is peach brandy. So it's made with peaches. Yeah, makes sense. You can use the brandy that's flavored peach. It works just fine. Trust me. Okay. Uh, trust me. It does. <laughs> okay. No I'm trusting you. <laughs> yep. And then lemons. You're going to need a lot of lemons. Let's say if, if you can go buy bagged lemons, go buy two bags because you're going to need, I think it's about 10 lemons. Mm. Sugar, mm -hmm. measuring cups, uh, maybe get a jig or two. And then you're going to want punch glasses. Double rocks glass works just fine. But if you want to get fancy and you want a reason to go buy a punch bowl and punch glasses, here it is because you're going to want to make this again. So go get a punch bowl, punch glasses. You're going to want something to mix this witch's brew in. And so that could be your punch bowl or a bucket or a bathtub <laughs> at this point. Yeah, whatever works. <laughs> and then you're going to want a bread pan or a kind of one of those paper cartons of milk, those half gallon cartons of milk or juice. And you're going to cut the top off that because what you're going to do is you're going to make ice and you're going to make it in the bread pan or you're going to make it in that carton because that's the block that goes in the punch bowl. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Yeah. That's exciting. You've got uh, some good ingredients in there. Yeah. And hey, you know what? They can probably do both drinks because go get the milk for Jules in the paper carton and then just, uh, you know, save the carton for me. Yeah. And uh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. See, we're helping you out. There you go. Hey, Uncle Brad, before we get into how to make these drinks, we started asking on our Instagram if people had some questions. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of fun. We're a couple of weeks in and people are starting to kind of like interact. Yeah, <laughs> so I wanted to ask one that someone asked and uh, see what your answer is and mine. I feel like it might be similar. Anyway, the blonde bookworm on Instagram asked tips for recreating drinks you have out at home. Yeah. Ooh, That's good a good one. one. I know. It is a good one. Do you want me to go? I think we're both going to say the same thing. Ready? One, two, three. Menu. Look at menu. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I take photos of the menu when I when I taste a drink and I'm like, oh my God, I re got to recreate this. Also, I have found, and I don't know if all bars do this, but when you look at the menu and it has the ingredients, they will put the ingredient first that has the most amount of. So that's why you'll see gin first because that you're probably doing yeah. two ounces. Then you'll see another mm -hmm. ingredient. It's probably a little less than two ounces. So it'll go by the yep. most amount and then make its way down. So that helps when I try to recreate them. Because they're not following some uh, regulatory rule, right? Mm -hmm. 
that usually should be the case, but may not always be the case. The other thing I do is I look at the drink and I try to figure out, okay, what am I drinking? Is it a sour? Right. Is it a daisy? Is it like an old-fashioned style cocktail? You know, what is it that we're, we're making here? And I know that, you know, there's kind of like probably a, uh, as an example for a sour, it's probably like a 2 one one mm-hmm. type of formula. And, the, you know, you got your your spirit, your sour, and your sweet. And so, you know, maybe the sweet is comprised of a couple of things. But you can kind of start to break down the formula that way and and start to, you know, work it backwards. And you can probably get close. And with a few tweaks, you'll eventually recreate that that drink. Another yep. great way to ask the bartender. <laughs> yeah. Then there's that, right? <laughs> a lot of times, I mean, unless I feel like sometimes they'll get weird about it just because, you know, if they created it. But I feel like for the most part, if you tell them, hey, I'm trying to make this at home. It's delicious. How would I? They'll, yeah. they'll tell you. I mean, more likely than not, they'll tell you. Yeah. You know, hopefully your bartender is cool and just tells you <laughs> because I've found, you know, there every once in a while is the bartender who's just like, it, it's, it's as if like I've asked for his social security number right. and, and routing <laughs> number to his bank account. It's like, settle down. You know, like, yeah. what am I going to do? Like, go open a bar and this will be my featured cocktail. Like, take it easy. Right. I just want to know how you made this and let's build a relationship because I don't know, I might be back. Right, so. exactly. So, <laughs> right. yeah, that's a good question though. I love getting inspiration from cocktail bars and restaurants, but I always take a picture because I'll forget. For sure. All right. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to talk about how to make our cocktails. So, yeah, I'm ready to hear about how you made your cocktail. So let's, let's, uh, let's get there. All right, everyone listening can tell by the excitement in my voice that I simply cannot wait to talk about this cocktail. Let me just get out of the way of the microphone and let you do your thing right here. All right, folks, okay. stand back. <laughs> I will I will give a little backstory. The first time I had a clarified cocktail was in France. I went to a cocktail bar. I think it's called Le Syndicat. And they gave me a clarified curry and blue cheese cocktail. Lord have mercy. What did you just say? I know. No, <laughs> I know. Curry and blue cheese? Mm-hmm. And so he gave me the cocktail. I took a sip of it because I had asked him before. I was like, "Is which cocktail should I get? We were between two. And I asked him, I was like, did you give me the wrong one? He was like, no, that's it. And I was like, oh, my God. God, the flavors, it was like ratatouille, you know, like it was like all these, you know, icons were going above my head. I was like in love. And I, but it was, you didn't get an overwhelming flavor. You got a balance. Like I think of cocktails sometimes as squares. And when you mm-hmm. get a good cocktail, those those corners round out and they become like just a beautiful marriage of flavors. And that's what I felt like this cocktail was. So I was like, okay, all right, what did we do here? I feel like a clarified cocktail definitely softens the edges yeah. on on the drink. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So. I, it's hard to explain, but if you've had one, you, Blue you get cheese it. cheese sounds aggressive. But I uh, also, if if I saw that and you ordered it, I'd be like, uh, I'd take a sip of that. Okay. Uncle Brad, how could I'd you not order it? it? How could you not order it? Because if I'm wrong... <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, I took the chance and I took a leap of faith and I loved it. And so this is my first time making a clarified. I've even seen my friend, uh, his accounts are the Thirsty Whale. He showed oh, yeah. a lot of videos of how to make it so approachable. And I was like, all right, a lot of signs are pointing to doing this. I finally have done it. And I'm so glad I did. So for this cocktail, 
I thought, what better way to showcase literally one of my favorite cocktails I said on the first episode, the last word, batch it and clarify it. Let's just double whammy that one. Yeah, dude, so bring it on. I did. And this cocktail is going to serve four. So it's not a big punch, but I think four is a perfect uh, number. Brad's going to get into it on why that is, but but this serves four. So what I did was, if you know the last word, you know it's equal parts. It's an equal parts cocktail. So mm-hmm. I did four ounces of gin, four ounces of green chartreuse, four ounces of maraschino liqueur, and four ounces of lime juice. I added that actually to a, a big mixing glass because a cocktail shaker wasn't gonna hold it. And I actually put ice in there and I mixed it together with a bar spoon because I wanted it to dilute a little bit because the last word is normally shaken and put in Mm -hmm. a coupe glass and you have that dilution. So I wanted that. So I uh, stirred it in a mixing glass. In another pitcher, I had six ounces of milk and I used whole milk here. And what I did is I just strained that uh, last word batch cocktail into the milk. I stirred it with my bar spoon, just not too much, not vigorously, just a little bit, get it moving. And then I let it sit. Now, I'm not going to lie. I was very excited. So I only let it sit for 30 minutes. But if you have time, I know. But realistically, just do it overnight. Yeah. But I just let mine sit for 30 minutes. So from here, what I did is, this is a straining process. This is kind of where it becomes very tedious. Um, But all you're gonna wanna do is you're going to grab a coffee filter. In this case, I didn't have a coffee filter, so I had paper towels, and I believe I saw Mm -hmm. Thirsty Whale as well, as I lined two paper towels over a strainer, like over a pitcher, and I just, I filled it up, And I just let that baby drip on down. And then I strained it again. And let me tell you, it takes a while. But the byproduct is worth it. You have a beautiful clear liquid. And that is your last word cocktail. And I mean, that's it. And from what my understanding is of these clarified milk punches where you have the citrus and you have the dairy, is it it has it doesn't really have a shelf life. I mean, this was they did this way back when, you know, so they mm-hmm. could have these. So once you clarify it, you can have it for days on end if if it lasts that long. I don't think it will, but uh, there you go. I have definitely made clarified cocktails in the past with citrus, and uh, mm-hmm. the shelf line on them is just fine. So yeah. So the one thing you said, I don't know if you need to strain the mixture, like the pulp out and stuff before you put it with the milk because you're going to strain it out again anyways. Well, and I didn't strain it. I just strained it with my Hawthorne so the ice wouldn't get in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, but yeah, I thought the All same right. thing because I thought, I was like, should I double strain this? Because I did use fresh nah. lime juice, but I didn't because of all the straining that happens after. Yep. So. Yep. That's awesome. Let me tell you, it's delicious. It's yeah, so no, good. Yeah, no, seriously. I, uh, I'm going to be making this this weekend. So mm-hmm. uh, good Good one. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. That's that's it. I'll leave it there. I'm done. Uncle Brad. <laughs> Let's talk about the fish house punch. Yes. So I'm going to start right now and say this serves 25. Okay. Wait. Two whoa. five. What? Yeah. 20, <laughs> 25 people. So Holy you know, just, 
if if you uh, want to half that, you just take whatever I'm just about to tell you, just half it. But I'll, I'll also tell you that uh, I had poker over here the other night, and uh, it was nine guys. That 25 was almost almost enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I so, can see that being so the case. I I do have I do have some left, uh, and I just stored it in a spare empty liquor bottle and I tossed that in my freezer. Mm-hmm. Turns out a couple of days later today, I, uh, it, it tastes just fine. So normally I'm, I'm all about, you know, keeping citrus fresh and, you know, only doing citrus just a few right. hours before you're going to make your cocktail. I, in this case, yes, that's true. Fresh, fresh is, is the best, but fresh, fresh. if you have extra and you want to freeze it, go for it. So there's that. Okay. All right. Let's talk about how to make this, right? All right. So we know you are going to have your bucket, your large bowl, your tub, whatever it is that you're making this in because it's a large format drink. That's going to be in front of you, okay? And you're also going to want to make this, you know, at least three hours before you serve it because you want it to chill. And you want those flavors to kind of get incorporated because you're not shaking this drink and citrus is involved. So you want those flavors to really kind of come together, okay? So first thing you're going to do is you're going to take your bottle of Jamaican amber rum Mm -hmm. and you're going to pour out a one ounce shot and you're going to drink that because you need 24 (laughs) ounces of Jamaican amber rum. So then you're going to put the rest of the bottle, 12 24 ounces, it's three cups, by the way, into the bowl. And then you're going to add three and a half cups of water, one cup of sugar, and you're just going to stir that around until the sugar melts. Now, I will tell you, I've also taken one cup of sugar, three and a half cups of water, and just made simple syrup out of that, mm-hmm. and then put that in the bowl. I had the the rum in there first because I just, I didn't want it to go in blazing hot, and I, I'd let the um, simple syrup just kind of, you know, kind of calm down a little bit, and mm-hmm. not quite room temperature, but it got close. And then uh, you're going to take one and a half cups of cognac. Did I mention cognac in the ingredients before? You did. I didn't. Yeah. No, okay, you did. Good. Trust me, because uh, I love okay, cognac. Good. When you said that, I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. <sighs> I, I love cognac. I me love too. cognac. Underrated. Oh, my gosh. Sure. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Another yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> one and a half cups of cognac, three quarter cup of peach brandy. Then you're going to take 1.5 cups or one and a half cups of lemon juice. And now all of that is in a bowl. You're going to stir it around and then you're going to place that in the fridge for three hours. Meanwhile, hopefully the night before, and I probably should have started this list with, you're going to put water in your bread pan. You're going to put water in that that milk, that paper milk carton that you've cut the top off of. Now that's been freezing for 24 hours. Once that comes out of the fridge, put your block of ice in there, and then you're going to garnish it with lime or lime. You're going to garnish it with, clearly I've had like two of these. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. (laughs) God bless America. So you're going to take your lemon. My God, I'm really pushing the limes. Lemons, lemons, folks. For Christ's sakes, use lemons. (laughs) Slice the lemon, throw it in there and and then serve, right? If you want to do like an individual serving, that's fine too. Uh, you throw some ice in a glass, pour it in there. Little kind of tra- traditional. So be like, you can't do this, but I put a little soda water in it to kind of just Ooh. tame it down. This thing spreads. is strong. 
but I'm telling you, just let the let the ice block do its work. Otherwise, you're going to have to kind of advance that that dilution. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, your guests are going to love it, and you are going to be like, this is the most patriotic thing I've done this weekend. Wow. I will tell you the next time I have a party or anything like that, I am really going to try this one. I love mm-hmm. batch cocktails and and cocktails that you can make at one time and then nobody's going to ask you, hey, can you make me a cocktail? And yeah. this sounds dangerous and delicious all at the same time. hundred oh, percent. Yeah, it is. And as much as I like making cocktails for people, uh, when I'm entertaining, it I'm not able to visit with people as much as I want to unless right. they're up at the bar. Hey, Brad, can you make me a drink? <laughs> yeah, totally. And happy to do it, but it's just great when you can batch up some cocktails and you know free up some of your time. And then you can move on to some other cocktails for people that maybe want to, you want to showcase something else you've done. So yeah. that is how you make the Fish House Punch. And now you said there's a story. There's a story. There's a story to tell. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uncle Brad, you are our cocktail historian, and mm-hmm. we're going to yeah. focus on your fishbowl punch. Fish house. Fish house. I knew. I was like, mm, yeah. it's not a bowl. Fish house. Sounds Could delicious. Could be in a bathtub, though. Mm. You know, who's to say? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it is delicious. We already talked about what's in it. So the fish house punch, we've got a very historic punch here, and it's it's something that was enjoyed really by our founding fathers. So let's go back to Philadelphia, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're back in the days of colonial America, early 1700s. And Philadelphia, which is a fairly new city at this time, actually in comparison to like London, which has been around forever, had more coffee houses, punch houses, and taverns than the city of London, okay? Remember how we talked about, you know, colonial Americans like to drink? Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely true in Philadelphia, yes. okay? Yes, we know this, All yes. Right. Yeah. In 1732, along the banks of the Schuylkill River, Hmm. Schuylkill, yeah. Not (laughs) exactly how it it sounds a little bit different than it's really spelled, but, you know, you can get close. You can see it. The Schuylkill River, there was a colony, and it was called the Colony in Schuylkill. Now, when I say colony, Jules, take yourself back in time and, and put yourself in colonial America, mm-hmm. all right, you're standing in the middle of a colony. What do you see? What do you think you see? Just give me, what, what are you looking at? Is a school? Nah, maybe. Might be looking at a schoolhouse, right? Yeah, church, well, town well, hall. Church. Oh, yeah, church is going to be yeah. a church. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not the case <laughs> for the colony in Schuylkill. Oh. Uh, the colony in Schuylkill was founded by 27 men after gaining permission from Chief... Tamanend, also known as St. Tammany. He was the chief of the Turtle Clan. And that was of the- Turtle Clan? The Turtle Clan of Leni Lenape Nation. Hmm. 
Okay. And he is known as the patron saint of America because he represented peace and amity. So he was a peaceful negotiator and a very skilled negotiator. Down there in Schuylkill. And down there in the banks of the Schuylkill River. <laughs> Chief Temined gave permission to these gents to fish the Schuylkill River. So I applaud them for asking for permission. Right. That's something that we were really good at doing back yes. then. Yes, way to go. Yeah. This river was you know, a particularly favorite spot for fishing, and they established the colony of Schuylkill, okay? So it's not a colony colony, name. though. So this gets a little confusing. This was actually a fishing club. This There was no buildings on the property. Or schoolhouses. <laughs> or schoolhouses or churches. Churches. They got together out here on the banks of the river, and it was really uh, a drinking and eating and fishing club. Wow. <laughs> it was a social club. Wow, that sounds fun. Yeah, it was a very private ah. club. And the full membership actually remains a mystery today because no it still exists. No way. Yeah, it does. So this <sighs> club, uh, crazy. The, you know, like they, they're not, you're not going to find a website. Uh, dedicated to this club, right? They don't have a website. Wow. No Instagram. Yeah, no Insta for uh, the <laughs> Schuylkill Fish Company. Dang. Former members, some notable names here. And and these are founding members. Okay. Thomas Stretch. He was the clockmaker that erected the first clock in Independence Hall in Philadelphia. Everybody's seen this in the school books. Thomas Wharton Jr., the first president of Pennsylvania following the Declaration of Independence, Samuel Nicholas. And he was the first officer commissioned into the United States Marines. And uh, there were silversmiths, there were mayors, there were merchants and financiers of the Revolutionary War. And as I stated, these guys started meeting in 1732 to fish, eat, and drink, but said, hey, you know what? We're gonna establish a colony and we're gonna make this kind of official. And so these guys, they ate and drank in epic proportions. Perfect. It said that uh, there's like 11 pounds of meat. And by the way, way. members were called citizens, okay? So 11 pounds of meat per citizen was created, you know, during these like eating events. So they took uh, their colony so seriously, as you said, they like they, they named people, or as I said, they named people citizens. They also assigned governmental roles to the leadership. So that was governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state. These 27 guys even had a sheriff and wow. a coroner. Seems a little yeah. sketchy. Uh, I know. <laughs> quite, quite an elaborately hatched plan wow. to get together and eat and drink. <laughs> you know, also like fire troops and stuff. So like fire brigades and stuff. These were all reasons for people to get together when yeah. they weren't doing something else to like sit around and, and uh, socialize. Yeah, why not? So uh, as Philadelphia was the capital uh, at that time, there were many elites in the areas who ventured out to the colony and, you know, frequented the club, right? And they, they mm-hmm. had to be elites to be able to go to the club. Of course. Certain <laughs> elites uh, include like uh, George Washington mm-hmm. and uh, Generals uh, Grant and Meade and other dignitaries. One particular dignitary was William Black. And he was the secretary of an embassy of Virginian commissioners. And he paid a visit to the club in 1744. And, you know, they later discovered this in his notes and his memoirs. And he recounts 
being met by local poobahs. <laughs> and uh, he was greeted on the shores of the Schuylkill uh, very kindly and welcomed into their province with a bowl of lemon punch. And these are quotes, big enough to have swimmed, swimmed half dozen of young geese. So whatever these guys did, they did it big. So two wow. things stood out to me was first that whatever they did, they did it big. Second was that he mentions this lemon punch, which is the fish house punch, which is mm. really kind of apparently yet to be named. There we go. So in 1747, the men decided to build a courthouse. This was really a clubhouse. So now they can eat and drink and be merry under the shelter of a roof. Uh, mm -hmm. So if it rains, they still got something to do. So the courthouse was later dubbed the castle. And so if you ever kind of Google this stuff and start researching it, you'll notice a lot of references to the castle and the fish house punch. And this was at the, the foot of the Schuylkill River Falls, which is about a mile north of the Fairmont area in Philadelphia along the Schuylkill River. Now, so now they had a place to gather and drink, right? So, and this presumably is need, the fish house. Know? Yeah. In 1782, Six years after America declared our independence, uh, but we're still in the midst of the uh, Revolutionary War because that doesn't end till 1783. Right. The colony in Schuylkill changed its name to the state in Schuylkill to reflect, obviously, the fact that, you know, we're no longer colonial America. We are a nation of states. And uh, again, the feasting and drinking continued naturally. Mm -hmm. Now the Schuylkill Fishing Company, which is what it was referred to, or you could refer to it as the state, the state in Schuylkill, the castle. It had a many different names, but the one thing is true is that it is the oldest continuously running social club in the English-speaking world. And it is said that diners toast, they start their toasts before dinner here at this uh, dining and, and eating club, which is still running today. One of the toasts is actually to George Washington himself. And perhaps uh, because he was our first president uh, and this is a patriotic bunch, or perhaps it was due to his love of eating and big drinking because uh, it was said that Washington would consume an entire bottle of Madeira <laughs> with dinner. And that wasn't just at the social club, Jules. Washington did this every time he boozer. had dinner. <laughs> He was a boozer. Total boozer. Wow. And so, <laughs> my kind of guy. My guy kind of like him. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Washington's got a really great recipe for eggnog, which is like, you know, make it sit down and or maybe stand up and shout and then sit down. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <clears throat> maybe fall over. <laughs> another interesting story about Washington. So, this, this kind of made me chuckle. So, Washington kept a journal and he made a daily journal entry. In 1787, just a few years uh, before he'd be president, he visited the castle, right? Perhaps he imbibed a bit too much on the, the fish house punch. Maybe once or twice. He didn't make any journal entries for three days. Oof. <laughs> During this time. Oof, we Apparently We've couldn't make it to- uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, couldn't, man. Make, couldn't make it to the old journal. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he couldn't remember what happened over the past three days. Yeah. Maybe he just couldn't pick himself up off the floor because, again, folks, I'm warning you, this drink has legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It will make it just delicious. He drank too much. Look out, it'll break 
it'll break your ankles. Yeah. yeah. You're watching Netflix all day the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix and McDonald's. Yes. Yeah. So, or, uh, or if you're lucky enough to have an in-out burger, in-out burger. And I'm hey. sure people are like, no, wait, no, my burger over here is great. I'm sure it is. So like, let's not get into burger hey. wars. Your burger, my burger. Stop burgers. it. Okay. Stop it. Yes, take it easy. All right. So since the days of Washington, the club's location has moved uh, a few times. And, you know, part of that's because fishing kind of started to suck in certain areas. So they just kind of moved around to to capture the best fishing. And eventually they just gave up fishing and, and hunting altogether and just got together for drinking and eating. Right. I was going to say that that bit I never really believed. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you had to throw something good in there. They, they, never, they never shut down. Right, they've always been a club. Um, they never stopped. They, they've always served Fish House Punch, even through Prohibition. Wow, this little state, and it's not an official state, but somehow they skirted Prohibition laws and were able to continue to serve Fish House Punch. Smart now, guys. you probably run the numbers on that. There might have been a few influential people who are members of the club. Hmm. There's probably a few influential people who are members of the club today. Wow, do I smell a conspiracy theory? Oh my gosh, <laughs> Jules. It's a highly, highly secretive club. Highly wow. secretive. So if we don't come back next week, you know why. <laughs> totally, totally. I'll like wake up in the middle of the night and somebody will like be standing over me like with their knife and be like, you skookle snitch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> How dare <laughs> They're ready you? to get me. They are the originators of this great American punch. And uh, this is... I love this story because it's just steeped in a little bit of mystery and a little bit of prestige. And yeah. for Pete's sakes, our founding fathers were there. Some of them were right there. Every one of these guys who started the state in Schuylkill or the Schuylkill. colony in Schuylkill or otherwise known as the state or the castle or the Schuylkill Fishing Company, all of them were patriots. They were like an integral part of the American Revolution and the independence of America. Wow. So there you have it. Wow. The Fish House Punch. That's a pretty good story. I wasn't so sure. I was like, really? Fish House Punch? Where are we going to go with this? I was not expecting can that be? conspiracy, you know, hour. But now I'm going to do my research. For those folks who, who uh, are making this and have also made the Mai Tai, what's really, really interesting is these taste a lot alike. They really do. Different ingredients, aside from the Jamaican rum, right? The Jamaican right. rum is is uh, is present, but yeah, there's uh, there's there's some similarities here between the this and the mai tai. So if you ever want to batch up mai tais in a big way, eh, you can make the fish house punch, but just call it the fish house punch. You know, what? do do America a solid. Yeah, call it a fish house punch, yeah. and then you know, what? heck, serve it at the Fourth of July. Ooh, so now you're talking. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Uh huh. Yep. I'm making this one yeah. next for sure. Do it. Should we give peeps a tip? Yeah, we should give peeps a tip. All right, here's All right. here's my version of the tip, and Uncle Brad, you can add on after. But I think a good tip is for batching cocktails. A lot of people ask me, you know, what are some you know tips and tricks when you batch your cocktails? Here's a few, okay? I love putting bubbles, like spritzing up my batch cocktails, mm -hmm. sangria. You can even batch like an Aperol. But the key here is when you're making your batch cocktail ahead of time, don't add bubbles and don't add ice. What I do instead is I make the batch cocktail, put it in the fridge, whatever you need to do, and then I'll serve it in individual glasses. Those glasses will have ice in them. I'll fill it up three quarters of the way, 
And then if it if it needs the spritz, then I'll spritz that because you don't want it to go flat and you don't want the right. ice to dilute it too much. Um, right. You want that dilution in your glass that you're going to have with ice, unless it's a cocktail like Brad's doing where you have a big block ice in there and then you don't serve it over ice. So really it's just a preference, but understand dilution is a thing. And so play your cards right with how you want to do that. You're 100% right. I mean, if anybody's ever left a, a can of soda out on the counter Sad. and come back, you know, hours and hours later, it's not quite the same. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have the same. Plus, if you don't drink it all, did. you know, and you want to save it for the next yeah. day, that way you can yeah. and it's not going to be over diluted right. or flat. Yeah. Those are my tips. I touched on this in the top of the, the episode, but uh, when you're making batch cocktails, so again, folks, you can really batch up just about, just about anything, mm-hmm. right? Just about anything, you know. Uh, stuff with like egg and stuff in it might not be the greatest uh, unless you're doing like an eggnog. Yeah. The other night I had um, some friends over and uh, I made a batch of old fashions and mm. I just batched them up and uh, I made four uh, old fashions. Yeah. Um, but the rule of thumb, and I actually I credit uh, Death and Company with this because, and They're I found good. this, yeah. if you make over five batch cocktails in a single batch, it, there's something weird that happens to like the citrus and the sweet. It just, it it changes or mm-hmm. like it gets magnified and, and as time goes by. So, so you have to like kind of hold that stuff back and then like add it in later uh, to taste. So to get around that, I just, I just get a couple of empty bottles yeah. and I just make them in batches of five. So if I'm making batch cocktails for 20 people, I just make four batches of five servings of the cocktail. So I'd rather make four cocktails at once than 20. Yeah. So easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And so is the, are there certain cases where like for eggnog and, and your punch today where you can kind of do the bigger size, but more often than not? Yeah, you know, and, and here's, the, here, here's the thing, right? Here's the kind of other hot tip here. If you do batch up something that's citrus, so say you make up this, this uh, fish house punch and you don't consume it all. Okay, fine. You know, I use like a big Costco bottle of, you know, whatever, like the supersized bottle. And I just filled it up with a funnel of what was left over and I, uh, I froze it, yeah. you know, and there was, there was space and there was a gap in there for air. So then when it froze, the, it, it would expand and not bust the bottle. And I was drinking it earlier today and I'm like, <laughs> moments ago, actually, at, as we speak, yes. <laughs> as a matter of fact, and, and it tastes just fine. Is it a little bit different? Sure. But your dad was over, my brother, and uh, he had a sip of it, and he's like, "Damn it, that is good," and mm-hmm. it 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 still holds. So, yeah. don't uh, don't take it too hard if you if you hang on to it for a couple of days afterwards, an hour <laughs> longer, really. So, there you go. There you go. Well, mm-hmm. batch cocktails are big cocktails. For those of you that are listening and uh, want to send in questions, I love the fact that we just answered some questions earlier. So send in your questions. I'm like, this is great. Like we can answer some of these questions as they come in and happy to give you a tip on the questions. So yeah, I mean, we do this for fun, but we're also here for you. So let us know. And thanks for listening. Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules. And thank you everyone for listening to the show. Don't worry, we will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjewels.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at the Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, 
Find Jules at Join Jules or Cigars and Vino. That's me also on the Insta. And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jules Cocktail Club and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.